constitutions from four different time zones yes. to say we're all in this together. Unanimously. Coaches, um, athletic directors, chancellors, and presidents. Right. I, I think that's amazing. Who knows? Maybe, we'll, we'll ask Scott, yeah. but maybe there are agreements that will be signed down the line. Sure. Um, if, if there's even just a gentleman's handshake thought process to have each other's back when it comes to college football playoff, when it comes to ESPN, time slots, television, all these different things, then maybe they'll come up against something down the line where it requires some kind of an agreement. And then they'll agree, put it on right. paper. Right. At least they're talking. I agree. They did go to the, to the uh, effort to make the backdrop, those aren't cheap, <laughs> that included the ACC, the Big Ten, and the, and the Pac-12. Um, now, that doesn't say anything. They spent a couple hundred bucks on a backdrop. But still, the idea that they're talking, they're working together, mm-hmm. and they, uh, they want to work together. I'm excited about it. Mostly, if it was going to be just, we're here to talk philosophy. Mm-hmm. We agree with their philosophy, as you put, all the different <laughs> Aristotle and, and you know, Nietzsche, whatever, yeah, right, whoever. Right, exactly. And it's not. It, it, okay, that's all fine. Yeah, great. I'm interested, and I say I, meaning average football fan, in the cooperation with scheduling. Because then yeah. you start to go, okay, what are the possibilities here? But, again, some of the, the, the more skeptical, the dubious in terms of the reactions in columns and commentary, mm-hmm. it, well, they, they did make the announcement that previous schedules and football scheduling is done so far out in advance. Did I see the Beavers are going to play Sacramento State in 2026? I think I saw that yesterday. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's how far these things are out. And if you're going to honor the previous contracts and commitments, there are already some intersectional matchups between the ACC and the SEC and so on. So, again, it's not – I think the bigger thing, even from a scheduling standpoint and having conferences play one another and have different events, it may impact basketball more quickly Right, because they football. can do it by year. Right. It's year by year. They're making new stuff. What I am curious to know – is how much of an impact will it be? How much of a difference? In other words, could Wayne Tinkle's staff reach out to Duke mm-hmm. and say, let's do a home-and-home? Home. Let's play in Portland, and then we'll come back. Or there. is that not realistic? Mm-hmm. That's really the question. But it's a good question. It's a good question. Is that and, now? It right. might not have been realistic before. Now has that changed right. that? non-realistic now you can reach out to anyone and you can go there and big name programs require usually they want to play more than one school when they make a non-conference trip Mm -hmm. on the other side of the country right you know you saw and and it happens in women's basketball they'll play either oregon oregon state or they'll play maybe uh portland or portland state to satisfy a recruit because that's done a lot and uh they'll say if you really want somebody for example mike dunleavy they said, "Hey, we'll we'll go back and play somebody, so yeah. your family in Portland can see sure. can see you play." And they did. They did that. Duke, I think, I think it was the Pilots. So curious to know how that mm-hmm. will all shape out, and if it really changes anything. Um, football would be something that we would we probably will have to wait eight or nine years for that to happen. And then the question is, if there's still this alliance eight or nine years down the road. Are they going to do it on a kind of a level of 
big big medium and small right like right, right. maybe north carolina state comes out here we go out there but not florida state florida state might go to ucla or usc mm-hmm. right i or got you penn state or right whatever. or clemson yeah comes yeah, well, out wow you know, yeah i mean so i understand and in that sense, Purdue and Oregon State represent maybe an example of yeah. what you're talking about. If you're talking about tiers and echelons, at least perceived right now yeah. in 2021, that's a matchup that in that whole alliance thing, you could almost see that being a, a byproduct of an alliance. And Ohio State and Oregon this year, I'm a couple of examples yeah, yeah. of the Big Ten, Pac-12, you know, those programs, you know, have had a higher degree of success of late and and so and Purdue that, returns right, so we've got a deal there. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't. So there, that's already right. been worked out. So anyway, if you have any reaction here before Scott joins us, if you have any specific questions that you'd like us to to proffer to offer to Scott, feel free to text them into us on the University Honda text line, and we'll try to work those in. But Scott Barnes, uh, quickly uh, upon your request, saying yes. And will join us at 11.30 this morning. So if you have any questions that have occurred to you, and not only about this alliance thing, maybe there's some other things that you'd like us to, to bounce off of Scott or run by Scott. We'll try to do it. Please send those in to 541-497-5356. 541-497-5356. In the meantime, you can also text us if you have reaction to as you've digested the news from yesterday continue to meditate on it ponder it have read some of the columns heard read some of the tweets critical others supportive and like oh, this is intriguing but there's also a lot of reaction on the other side saying what was that not much yeah so i mean i don't know what your reaction to it all is if you have something you'd like to share with us feel free either the downward dog phone line or the university honda text line Four nine seven five three five six. So with Scott Barnes, kind enough to agree to join us today on fairly short notice. He'll be on at eleven thirty. We've shifted Todd McKim, who's actually either has a house or is in the process of buying a house in Bend and mm-hmm. is in Bend. So good for Todd. He's not retiring, is he? No, he's not, but he and his wife have done well in the wine industry, I believe, and he's been, you know, I'm not sure, just knowing from experience, I don't think it's the broadcast pay necessarily that is <laughs> leading to Todd to have two. I think you and I both know the answer to that. So, so I'm not exactly sure what is leading him to have another home in Bend, but that's yeah. great. Yeah, good for him. And he will join us to talk. Not not so much the Beavers and Cal later in the year. He'll he is a tremendous friend of the show and really enjoy his longtime perspective and soaking time in our league. And having worked in the Beaver State and done a lot of Beaver games and, and knows the, the territory and the landscape as well as anyone in the broadcast uh, profession yeah. out west when it comes to the Pac twelve. I want to kind of get his reaction to what he makes of all of this and what he thinks of the early returns with George Klyovkov and what he if there's any NIL impact that he's perceived on the Cal campus because that kind of rose mm-hmm. up a few deals announced and oh man it's going to be the wild wild west is what we were reading it's going to be the wild wild west out there deals left and right it hasn't quite happened like that yet now there may be a lot of things going on but I haven't seen 
just this day by day. Well, so-and-so signs deal. Hey, he signs a deal. We got a deal here. Billboards going up all over Highway 34. I mean, I'm not quite, it isn't quite maybe what some of us were led to believe what happened. Some of the bigger markets and programs have people, and yeah. Nick Saban made sure he got it out there. Well, a guy that hasn't even taken a snap for us has about a million dollars yeah. worth of deals, <laughs> which is a way to yeah. help his program say, look, this that's what happens when you come here. A little bit like Brent Musburger, when you're the quarterback at Alabama, they look what, look what can happen <laughs> for you. That was Nick Saban's thing. Yeah in his own self-serving way, and he's right to do so. you got something to sell and promote, and he said, huh, well, I don't know what to think of this. we got a guy about a million dollars. But, John, do you agree with me that it hasn't quite exploded that quickly? No, I haven't really over. heard anything. Did Thibodeau make a deal, I think, yeah, with Nike? Yeah, he's got something he'll, going he'll on. He'll get some money. Um, that's really the only one I've heard of in our conference. Yeah. Um, have, maybe there's some smaller things going on, and then I thought I had heard or read about – Players that were selling old jerseys, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Which is all fine under the under the uh, under the rules. So Scott Barnes will join us at uh, eleven thirty. Todd McKim at twelve oh five, and Lauren Sinicola, whose team is off to a two and zero start. Two excellent wins, an excellent uh, senior and goal in Bridget Skiba who recorded a shutout in the Beavers' win over Seattle U, and then a 2-1 to win over Fresno State, had four more saves. So you've got a leader there in goal, and Lauren off to a 2-0 start. We'll meet her, welcome her to the Joe Beaver Show for the first time. Uh, and, you know, I, I sent Todd, I thought I was sending Todd a text, Todd McCam, who will join us at 12.05, saying, looking forward to talking to you about nil, about expansion, about Klyovkov, about uh, the alliance and all of these things, and hit send. And Lauren Sinicola, the women's soccer coach, writes back, sounds good, Mike, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I'm expecting Sinicola now to break down the alliance and the factors. I hope she doesn't spend time doing research. No, I wrote her back. I said that was meant for another guest. I want to talk to you about yourself, your journey to Oregon State, and your team. But if you have thoughts about George, (laughs) and will we let George do it, then feel free to to comment on that when you join the Joe Beaver Show at 1230. Anyway, Lauren Sinicola at 1230, Todd at 1205, Scott Barnes at... 11.30, and an impromptu sort of unexpected guest after a quick break. We're going to take a time out and visit with a former beaver who has an establishment here in town that is kind enough to support us, and we love kind of returning the favor to a guy who loves the beeves. If you go into his establishment, which mm-hmm. we'll hold for just a second, you'll see how much love there is for Oregon State sports. And it's a, a point, a gravitating point in town for coaches and, and Beaver fans throughout the community. We'll talk to that mystery guest who will enter and sign in, please, in a moment before we talk to Scott Barnes. So thanks for joining us today. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Any questions or thoughts for Scott that you'd like us to try to run by him in a few minutes. Again, 497-5356 on the University Honda text line on 1240 Joe Radio. Support local at Angry Beaver Grill. Be sure to try Angry Beaver's 8-ounce or jumbo-sized 12-ounce chicken fried steak dinner served with country gravy and mashed potatoes. And don't miss the popular Friday prime rib dinner special. Reserve Angry Beaver's upstairs party and arcade room for birthdays or events. Great for families. Also check out Angry Beaver's remodeled lottery game room. Both dine-in and outdoor seating available. Open Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 10 and weekends beginning at noon on Saturday and 9.30 on Sundays for breakfast. Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. 
Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already, darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. See the full line of Yamaha Viking side-by-sides at Power Motorsports today. Yamaha Vikings features a proven off-road capability and real-world leading comfort. Huge cargo capacity. Proven off-road capability and real-world tough reliability. Plus, exclusive features like Ultramatic Automatic Transmission and On-Command 4-Wheel Drive help you conquer the toughest jobs. Visit Power Motorsports today. Online at PowerMotorsports.com. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and the product warning labels before operation. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. We are going to visit with a mystery guest who has entered, and he has, and he signed in, too. We, we said please, and he's entered. He signed <laughs> in, and we're going to talk to him in just a moment about some exciting things going on at uh, his place of business with the football season getting underway shortly and some non-football stuff that I think you'll really enjoy as well. But Mike in Seattle has called on the Downward Dog sports line. So let's go to uh, Mike before we visit with our mystery guest ahead of Scott Barnes. Mike, good a- uh, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks, you guys, for being there for us. It's been a long haul, about 18 to 20 months of this uh, mess. But, but I'm hoping that um, you know, we're coming out the other end of the tunnel. I'm calling to say uh, it seems like nine months ago now as they started to talk about the name, image, and likeness there were callers that were calling into the Joe Beaver show saying that if they, if they, mm-hmm. if they start paying players for name, image, and likeness, there was going to be some people who didn't want to participate as fans anymore in that. So now we fast forward. There's an article today in the Seattle Times, kind of a commentary thing, and it talks about Ohio State. There's a freshman who's received a truck from the Mark, Wal- from the Mark Wahlberg dealership mm-hmm. in Columbus. And uh, and how that is is obviously illegal now, and um, how 
it's working in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or whatever that conference is. So if we go back to your Wild Wild West comment, I would be I would be interested, you know, to hear from Joe Bieber fans about on the name, image, and likeness. Have they softened their stance on that as a foregone conclusion, or are there people out there that are still, uh, I'll say, disgusted over the whole? Mm-hmm kind of happenings on name image likeness it's a good question mike and it's one we'll be kicking around a lot in the days ahead right. uh but that, i'll look for that article in the seattle times just a quick thought from you is the article in the seattle times a locally written thing like by larry stone or whatever that says so what's happening at washington with respect to this anything like that or no i think it's a national okay one. That's a, gotcha that's a good uh, point uh, but i think there's other goings on out in the other, out in the world, you know, that we're unaware of. I was, I was very curious yesterday as you talked to the gymnastics coach uh, about that student athlete who will be coming to Oregon State in the fall at age 21 in her first year of eligibility, and by the time she graduates, you know, she'll be 24. So, uh, and she's already out on tour. Yeah, uh, and and all the compensation is covered by the name, image, and likeness, and how. Uh, that's a game changer. That's that's all new to all of us, and so it's going to be interesting to watch this unfold. And I'm not sure there's a real good clearinghouse for information. So yes. it's all anecdotal a little bit, and so it'd be nice to have a uh, kind of a discussion across all conferences how it's really going because um, I yep. think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. So anyway, I'll let you thank you, Mike. Very, Good luck. Thanks, very Mike. much so. Very interesting. As is, Randy Holmes is our mystery guest who stopped in, the proprietor for the Angry Beaver Grill, and he joins us here on the Joe Beaver Show in studio. He's just cut a spot to promote his business, which has a lot of exciting things going on. Randy, our time is a little short with Scott Barnes on deck. But welcome to the studio. Great to see you. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Mike. Hey, and so in this message, I'm just looking at what you just shared. We'll be hearing these spots on a regular basis. Tell us what you just recorded and kind of a, a new development with a shuttle service for home games and some trivia on Tuesdays coming back. What's happening at Angry Beaver? Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting fired up for, you know, the football season coming up just like everybody else. And you know, so we're we're kind of adding some new things this year to kind of you know get a little more entertainment this year that people have been missing. And you know, pre-COVID we used to do a lot of these things, but we're doing what do you know trivia this again, mm-hmm. uh, which was real successful. People really enjoyed it. It's a trivia show that is across the board of you name it questions. It's, right. Uh, history to math to, to everything. Sports else. and movies occasionally. Sports, right. sports and movies <laughs> and. And one thing too is you better know your dates, right? No, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. You know, it's 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 uh, your dates and your years. What year did this so and so that happen? What year did this happen? Yeah. Or what year did that happen? And good for you. And what, so it, it it is it is what do you know trivia? And so it is what so do you know? everything that you've learned, read your whole life, you can bring down, and that can bear fruit at Angry Beaver Grill on Tuesday nights. It's very very true. <laughs> I want to have a table, me and my people against your table, you okay. and your people. Okay, well, let, well, we can set that thing up, perhaps a grudge <laughs> match. That's every Tuesday. Check out what do you know trivia at Angry Beaver Grill, Fourth Street in downtown Corvallis. But I'm intrigued. By the shuttle service. Yeah. What do you got going, Randy? Yes, this year what I've done is um, I purchased a van this year, and what we're doing is 
if you come into the Angry Beaver and you want to come in and eat and have lunch, mm-hmm. pre-game, whatever it is, uh, we will get you to and from the game. Um, nice. Which is a great, great deal because a lot of people do park downtown. And parking is can be very difficult at times. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have a shuttle shuttle bus sitting right in front of the front of Angry Beaver. And if you come to the Angry Beaver, you get to get on it. We'll give you a ride, and we'll also pick you up and bring you back. Excellent. Will you open in conjunction with game times, even if you wouldn't normally open, like for an early game? Oh, always do. Always do. Anytime there's a game and our hours aren't, aren't, aren't the same as the game times, we always open early for those games. So, yeah. Randy, quick question before we let you go. Scott Barnes, uh, we, we weren't exactly sure when he was coming. He's on now on the downward dog line, so we'll get to Scott in just a moment. The Angry Beaver Grill, 4th Street, downtown Corvallis. A quick thought from you. You and Priest have been watching a lot of practice together. Just a quick synopsis of what you think the Beavers are sitting on here in 2021 on the field. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this year. Uh, you know, I got to watch practices and watch kids fly around. You know, it's hard to tell until you actually play Purdue. I mean, yes. we're, we're not going to really know until that happens. But I'll tell you, the way these kids are flying around, you're, they're showing some leadership out there in the different areas of, you know, the, the quarterbacks are showing leadership. Mm-hmm. Guys in the defensive back are showing leadership. It's It's been such a great thing. And I'll tell you what, after watching the practices, the most fired up guy out there is Trent Bray. Trent Bray now, I'll tell you what, that guy, he is yes. running up and down the field yep. and, and getting in guys' faces and clapping and slapping helmets. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, you, we might want to uh, put a uniform on him and, well, and I'd get, like get him back out oh, there again this year. probably still play. <laughs> One of our great linebackers, and he's got the strongest core of players. In his, I think it's the strength of the team, the inside linebackers that he coaches and coaches up really well. Randy, thank you for stopping in. Good luck with everything at Angry Beaver Grill this fall. Thanks for your continued support of the Beavers and the Joe Beaver Show. That's at 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Really appreciate you dropping by. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate we'll it. We'll see you Tuesdays for the trivia matches, sounds too. Great. That sounds great. What do you know? Trivia Tuesdays, Angry Beaver Grill. A very quick timeout. Let's take care of one bit of business to transition. We'll come back with Scott Barnes, a special guest that uh, came to us very quickly today. We'll talk to Scott about all of these matters next on 1240 Joe Radio. This is Katie Albin, letting you know that Albin's Plumbing is going underground. Oh, you'll still find us located on 9th Street in Corvallis, but we are also underground, as in underneath sidewalks, driveways, and patios. Using directional boring, Albin's can run your plumbing underground, avoiding the need for costly and messy concrete repair. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. We all have the... We all have the ability. We do. We do. We we wish we all had the ability, but we're going to, whatever abilities he was referring to, we're going to find out more about that later. It is a pleasure to welcome to the Joe Beaver Show, and we appreciate uh, his uh, quick reaction to the request to join us, Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Barnes, after an eventful day yesterday and what has been an eventful offseason ramping up to the 2021 college football season. Scott, thank you for taking time for us. How are you today? I'm great, Mike and John. Great to be with you and, and really excited about uh, this coming fall to start and and just getting back to uh, getting back to having fans and and uh, seeing our student athletes back on campus has been a lot of fun. It's a really active campus right now, and, and that just uh, gets gets your 
gets your uh, excitement up. Yeah, it really does, and we're going to visit with Lauren Sinicola a little bit later. She's a new coach on the staff. Jackie Bruns and the committee did a great job, and they're off to a 2-0 and start. So I see them around. They've got a match coming up this Friday at home before heading to Albuquerque. So just seeing them, seeing football on a day-to-day basis. I've seen some basketball workouts on campus with Coach Tinkle's group. These are exciting days, aren't they? They really are, and, and the pulse of campus is back with uh, you know parents and general student body moving into back into town. It, it's just uh, fun to see, and I know our student athletes just can't wait to kick off that first uh, home opener against Hawaii in front of fans. And in the, we're going to get to that in a moment. Some of the your thoughts about Purdue and Hawaii, September 11th, and all of those things, but. What about? Let's start with the immediate. What did yesterday signify to you? How important was that conference yesterday with the three commissioners of this alliance? We're just now beginning to hear about and read about Scott. What does that say to you? Well, a whole lot. You know, I, I think uh, it was uh, more of an offensive play than defense, and I say that just because the twelve of us in the Pac-12 were solid. Um, We've been solid, uh, lot to offer. But but what this creates when you when you think about forty one institutions coming together, that's twenty seven thousand student athletes. It's eight hundred and sixty three teams, uh, and and, and thirty one different sports uh, in, in the three conferences. Uh, there there's a, an opportunity, obviously, to advocate and and uh, really. Um, help shape the future of college athletics uh, generally. And then specifically, you know, when you think about our uh, Beaver Nation, when you think about our fans and student-athletes, what a a great opportunity to create exciting new matchups and rivalries. And and I really really smile when I think about, uh, you know, the the fun that's going to come and and, and those new uh, competitions and, and certainly all of that yet to be worked out, but, but coming nonetheless. And so, um, you know, the alignment uh, is, is absolutely a, a uh, historic uh, event, as it was suggested, in that you have three commissioners that are all on the same page. You have like-minded institutions with similar values and goals uh, on the college landscape uh, and, and, and working together. So we're, we're excited about excited about the myriad really of opportunities that this will bring us long term. Scott, we learned that that like you say, all the chancellors, all the presidents and athletic directors, forty one institutions unanimously say they want to do this. The naysayer says that without any signed agreements it really means nothing. Do these schools, does a Duke or a or a Florida State or a Penn State, do they want to have a relationship with the two other conferences that they're that they're not in? Yeah, we're all in. Every athletic director from every institution in the three conferences are all in, and we all have a common objective. And we all see, we all see that this creates opportunity for us. And so, the reality of this this signed document or not, the reality is, do we have common goals and common interests in working together? And we do. And so, we'll figure it out. You know, it's been said before, but, uh, you know, if you've got a signed contract that you're always looking at, it's not working anyway, right? Um, we, we have a group of chancellors and presidents, athletic directors, and three conference commissioners that are all 
uh, paddling their boats the same direction and, and uh, looking forward to, to what this creates uh, in, in so many areas, as I've mentioned before. Scott, a few years ago, there was uh, something similar to this, it seemed, that was being talked about between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and it was uh, told that at that point, uh, the hires-up, like yourself, agreed that it would be more along the lines of the levels of the teams. For example, if Michigan or an Ohio State might go to a UCLA or USC, it would make sense, revenue, loss, or gain. And you might see more of an Oregon State or an Arizona dealing with uh, like a Purdue or an Illinois or Northwestern. Is that something that this alliance will think about when it comes to football scheduling, which is still probably several years off because of contracts that are already signed? Yeah, there are you know, a couple of couple uh, really good question a couple thoughts one is there are windows you know you have much many of us uh, have agreements that go a long ways out but there's some windows uh, in between those long-term agreements and and there'll be some opportunity in terms of the format uh, already started to meet with with uh, uh, the ACC and the big Ten around criteria that would be developed um, which could include John to your point uh, an example uh, when I was at Pitt in the ACC, we had a, a Big Ten ACC challenge. And as we paired those schools up in basketball, um, we we looked at like RPIs. So we predicted out the next year who's returning, where 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 they're going to be in the process. Uh, as we look at uh, you know the rank the preseason rankings, and we try to try to match up like opponents. That that's one possibility, right, of, of this and. You, know, you can talk about rotations and and rivalries and and all sorts of things as you develop the criteria, um, but but uh, that certainly could could be in play. Scott in, Barnes, in, in you know in in, in in basketball in particular. Scott Barnes joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Scott, I've seen you both at practice at the fifty yard line dinner. My sense from you is you are excited, genuinely about about specifically Oregon State's future with the, the completion of research and other things that are in play, but just about the positioning of Oregon State within the Pac-12 and the Pac-12's position on the college football landscape, which seems to be a little bit unsettled and a lot of things going on. Why are you so excited about what's happening? Yeah, I think, you know, timing is everything. And when you think about this this uh, past year, the COVID year, uh, for sure, but what, what our student-athletes and coaches did uh, on the fields of competitions and in the, in the courts of competition, 11 um, teams to, to postseason, we, we talk about a goal of eight. Uh, so that's one of the all-time highs. That coupled with what we've done academically, our student-athletes that last term in the spring, cumulatively highest ever. Um, and, and, and things like research that really – help to grow and, and then stabilize not only football but our athletic program, the trajectory our football program's on, uh, the, the, the quality of coaches that we've hired here um, uh, and that have been here, um, a, a lot of, of, of exciting things going on. And that's why I think our position as a university within the Pac-12 continues to ascend. Now, the Pac-12, as you look around the Pac-12, um, and I'll say again, and, and we've talked about this over time, is uh, there are there is a cyclical nature to success. And although uh, in football, particularly the SEC has, has owned uh, a lot of that, I see us emerging as we have in basketball. And 
let's not forget, Mike, and you know this well, that prior to this past season, if we would have had a full year and an NCAA tournament, the Pac-12 would have been done very well two years ago in the NCAA tournament. Showed, uh, you know, sort of proof this past year. Um, uh, the Olympic sports football, we've got excellent coaches. Uh, I think there's a trend towards keeping our recruits at home. I think we're, <clears throat> I think we're ascending. And this year will tell us right out of the gate with, with the Big Ten challenges, with Oregon and, and Ohio State as an example. Um, even, at, uh, you know, the viewers at Purdue, the first couple of weeks will, will say something. It won't, um, as some have suggested, it defines the season. No, it doesn't, but it certainly would be a, it will be a good barometer to see how we, how we perform in the non-conference. And at the end of the day, we've got to continue to take steps there as we have in basketball. Scott, in, in respect to, again, the alliance and what it means and what yesterday, you've already characterized it as more of an offensive and not a defensive. In other words, not a reactionary move to Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. Is there any element, though, of making sure that – you know, you said realignment comes to enhance and protect that that the changing landscape is going to only enhance the Pac-12. Was yesterday about protecting not only Oregon State, but the entire conference and these other conferences recognizing that there needed to be, in a sense, I mean, I don't know if you had this plan 26 days ago, but some sort of statement collectively that you made yesterday. Yeah, you know, it's, it, uh, it is, and I've, I've said it. It, it. Conference realignment is always about protection and enhancement. Um, my point about being offensive is that as it relates specifically to the Pac-12, uh, I felt really confident that that group was going to be together. That's, that's, my, that's my point. As it relates to what this alliance does, uh, it, it, it does enhance all of our opportunities just based on on the sheer numbers and, and like-mindedness of the institutions in so many areas um, it, it is the enhancement piece. And, I, you know, not this is not a conference expansion. This is an alliance. But, boy, do, do we ever get uh, the benefits of almost all of what a conference, uh, an official conference membership expansion would do? Um, we get, we get uh, you know, 90, 95% of that anyway. And, in, in this alignment. And now it's about execution. It's about uh, the heavy work to be done, particularly as we think about scheduling and so many variables from criteria to the number of schools, to the open windows in football, to formatting and, and in basketball, all the, all the heavy lifting begins. But when you have the synergy and the momentum and a commitment from the folks we have commitments from, I can't, I, I, I'm just, we're all very, very excited. And you seem to be excited about George Klyovkov and the early impressions and, and things that he has shared philosophically. He's going to make a deep dive and spend three days on our campus here when, when the Beavers get ready to play Hawaii. You told me that. So tell me a little bit about George, how he helps drive the vision and lead you yourself and the rest of the conference members into what could indeed be you know, a bold new era. Yeah, you know, I think it starts with just you know, George, his, his, his uh, leadership style. He's a, he's a relatable guy. He, he's smart. He's a quick study now. I mean, he, you know, he, he has had experience uh, in the TV realm for sure, not all specific to college athletics. But he, he, uh, 
he has uh, learned very quickly, super committed to building those relationships authentically, and, and that those campus visits are part of that. Um, a, a great listener, um, wants, understands that we're at this, the practitioners are at this every single day, 24-7, and we we understand the landscape, and, and so I really appreciate his um, his style. It includes uh, listening, learning, and, and, and then responding. Um, uh, really, really appreciate that about him. Um, you know, he's got uh, you know he, he's got a steep learning curve that has been uh, he, he's he's climbed it, and, and, and he is climbing it daily. And uh, appreciate that about him. Again, a quick study, as I said. Um, and, and what I would just say, you know, very simply is I think a great partner. I think, I think uh, George is showing himself to be and will continue to be a great partner uh, to the athletic directors, our head coaches, and our chancellors and presidents. And, and he's proving that as he moves along here in just his uh, very short tenure. Last couple of things with Scott Barnes, kind enough to join us today on the Joe Beaver Show. So where does this leave the the upcoming negotiations for a new television contract with respect to the announcement of an alliance between these three uh, Power Five conferences, Scott? How do you sense that's going to go, and what kind of did yesterday's move perhaps indicate how you can help one another? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, when we think about opportunities, certainly one, one outcome is, is, is potential financial, uh, financial uptick and, and around television. What that could look like, uh, no one knows. What I would tell you is that where we, you know, where we stood two days ago was better than where, even where we stood, you know, a month ago. And, 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 uh, you know, with, with, with the breakup of the pack, uh, with the breakup of the Big 12, um, just to be real, that their mm-hmm. TV contract coming up at a similar time put us in a better spot. We were we thought we were in a very good spot. That put us in a better spot. This alliance only creates more leverage and more opportunities. What that looks like and the outcome, the actual outcome of that down the line, who knows? Other than to say uh, there's upside here for sure. And speaking of leverage, we have a question from a listener off the air on our University Honda text line. Here's the question. Is the Alliance prepared to use its leverage over the Rose Bowl and Orange Bowl to maximize its team's representation in the CFP and attendant revenue? Is that a a well-articulated question? What would your response be to that, Scott? Yes. You know, know, when you think about leverage and the collective group and, and the collective will of the group, you think about advocacy around important issues uh, in college athletics. And you can boil it down to things like the CFP. And, and uh, you heard some of the commissioners talk about um, the excellent work that's been done, uh, but we need to pause and, and, and make sure that all the T's are crossed and as are dotted relative to what we commit to collectively. And so uh, obviously this group, although you know, we're not voting as one, um, we are like-minded, collaborative, and can certainly uh, shape, uh, you know, what what that CFP might look like, and, and what college athletics looks like uh, long term because of the advocacy and the uh, the power that this group will have in, in collaboration. 
Scott, finally, let's close with a thought. I mean, all of these are big picture things with years of effect and ramification. We are ramping up to September 4th, as Jonathan Smith called it the other night at the 50-yard line dinner. we got to go play that sucker on the road first before we come home. <laughs> I know the guys are all in and trying to beat Purdue. Let's They take care of that and then home on September 11th. Even with some trends that necess- haven't thrilled all of us or anyone, really, for a lot of reasons with respect to uh, policies, restrictions, and these sorts of things, how excited are you? And you're still full go, full bore. Let's get uh, Reeser Stadium filled, and we'll have a great time. Just follow some guidelines and policies that won't be that uh, difficult to adhere to and go have a great time September 11th. Is that how you view it? Well, I think you said it perfectly. Let's remember where we sat a year ago. Uh, we were talking about not playing football at all, and we're talking about no fans, obviously, and, and then we, we didn't. So we're we're in a much better place. We're going to make game day great. How how whatever restrictions are put on us by uh, state and local government and even our own universities, we will follow that. We will make it as uh, user friendly as possible for our. our our fans and I just I just ask that uh, they hang with us. Um, some of this, uh, all of this, is out of our control. What is in our control is, is to make it uh, as good of experience as we can for our fans. And and the last thing I'll say about that, Mike, and thank you for asking, is uh, how much our student athletes are looking forward to seeing fans. It means the world. And you heard it even at the 50-yard line dinner. It means the world to them. Uh, so we we appreciate the passion of our Beaver fans. Hang in there with us. We'll all figure this out together, and we'll get through the other side. Scott, thank you for your time and perspective on short notice today. We appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Go Beavs. Thank you, Scott. Scott Barnes, Director of Athletics, Vice President of Oregon State University, with some thoughts. Dave, good questions. He... If you have any thoughts or reaction to what it all means and what you've read, if any of you have, on the critics that have come out. Uh, One column said, (laughs) Kevin Warren set a Big Ten record for being disingenuous. Jim Phillips could have been flagged 15 yards for unnecessary pretension. And George Klyovkov offering a revelation that was refreshingly honest and astonishingly devoid of fine print said the historic alliance between and among the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 was secured not by contracts, but by rather, quote, an agreement between three gentlemen, unquote. And the writer from The Athletic says, if that holds up, it will truly be historic. <laughs> so uh, the, the reaction is, as expected, across the board, I will say that there seems to be the Jim Rome attitude and Paul Feinbaum like there wasn't much there to see. But listening to Scott, talking to Mitch Sherman yesterday, I think there's more to it than just – I don't think he can just be dismissive of it. I no. think it's a good day for college football. I, I do too. Look, uh, and grow, college sports. growing up in Portland and wanting more sports and any time that Major League Baseball would, would be thrown around and it's been decades that that's been going – I'd listen to all you and mm-hmm. Dwight and mm-hmm. get all excited – even though a big part of me said it's not going to happen. So I always take the the approach of being excited about a possibility rather than an Eeyore about, oh, that will never happen. Right, right. So this, to me, the excitement versus the Eeyore is, hey, if it can work, if this is actually happening, forget about the, the philosophy stuff. I'm in it for the scheduling. 
Right. I think that's cool. I, I think it's very cool. And if that's true, I don't want to completely get so invested thinking it's going to happen and, and, and all of that. But I'm excited as the possibility that there will be more relationships between the, the, the conferences right. so that you're going to see a regularity. And I like that they, they uh, said football, men's and women's basketball. Yeah. Right. I mean, very specific. So if we can have relationships with uh, North Carolina State or a Wake Forest, cool. That's cool. It's also a little, and let's take a break, a final break this hour. Todd McKim and Lauren Sinicola next hour. But that, what, perhaps the biggest thing is these three conferences have decided that the SEC and ESPN cannot just be the runaway, unstoppable train right. dictating to the, everybody else in the world. I right. think, and the Big 12 has its issues and may be dissolved into various parts. I mean, uh, or but, absorbed. Absorbed. <clears throat> but for these three schools to come together, uh, 41 chancellors, presidents, and ADs, it's saying to – S, the SEC, mm-hmm. King SEC and King ESPN. Okay, now wait a minute. You know, we're not your subjects. Mm-hmm. We have our own autonomy and we're going to. I you, love that. Yeah, and I, and I like it too. Let's take a break and we'll wrap up this first hour next on 1240 Joe Radio. Hi, this is Dave from Tumwater. UBC Press has just published my new book, Captain Cook Rediscovered Voyaging to the Icy Latitudes. In Captain Cook Rediscovered, you'll meet a polar explorer and pioneering sea ice scientist, not just the tropical navigator. You'll also read about Cook's sail along the Oregon coast in 1778, searching for the Northwest Passage. Order Captain Cook Rediscovered from ubcpress.ca or amazon.com. Go Beavs! If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, now's the time to get it done, and Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff, Wendy, Robin, and Brian, have years of combined experience and look forward to working with you. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. Or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. We set them up. You knock them down. Fall leagues are now forming at Highland Bowl. Get a group of friends together and reserve your spot. A fall league is fun, good exercise, inexpensive, and perfect for beginners. And with 14 different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something just right. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to highlandbowl.com. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, now's the time to get it done, and Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff, Wendy, Robin, and Brian, have years of combined experience and look forward to working with you. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. Or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Corvallis Floor Covering is so great that we play them twice in 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 the same break. Uh, so many things we could have talked to Scott about. Uh, NIL, uh, the new Pac-12 baseball tournament in May. Yeah, tell which me is about that. Scottsdale. It'll be where in Scottsdale? I haven't um, seen the news. Scottsdale. Uh, hold on, I'll, I'll tell you. Is there a ballpark? I mean, there is a ball. There used to yeah. be a ballpark here. There is a ballpark. 
How many ballparks are in Scottsdale? Well, a couple. I mean, so where is it going to be? Conference of Champions, City of Scottsdale, the Arizona Sports and Entertainment Commission, the inaugural Pac-12 tournament scheduled at Scottsdale Stadium. Scottsdale Stadium. May 25 through 29. Does it change? Is there anything else in that release about number of games on the schedule? Still going to play a 30-game Pac-12 schedule? Um, let me scan through here. Our community, da da da. da. It's all about how great it is. Scottsdale, entire hospitality, da da da. Pac-12 combined 29. No, no, no. Nothing about that? No. It's just all the virtues of uh, getting together and having a Pac-12 tournament. I, not nuts and bolts of the season. I am not, uh, I'm not thrilled by this. You know, and I know that maybe at some point I'll have to, well, you better be, get on the train. And pack. You know what I mean? I, just my initial reaction. Well, why are they doing it? It's Because uh, after I, holding out for all these years. Yeah, I'm not sure. Dwight James just texted me, what am I missing with this Pac-12 tournament? Seems to me it devalues the regular season. It benefits only mediocre programs and won't draw many people. That's what Dwight just texted me just on a personal, you know, not the university on a text line. but And that's sort of my, just being honest with you here, if there's Kool-Aid to drink, I'll probably end up sipping it and maybe swallowing it all. (laughs) But... That's my initial reaction, too, somewhat. Is what for? And so if anyone wants to jump in and, well, here's the what for, and you, you'll you come to like it. It'll grow on you. You'll like it. Maybe because the Beavers, generally speaking, since the breakthrough to Omaha in 05, have been a player in the upper echelon, winning conference titles, going to Omaha, winning national championships, just as Lute Olson always looked askance at a Pac-10 basketball tournament. Right. And Ralph wasn't necessarily thrilled with it either. That the powers that be, tend, there's more to lose for the good and programs oh. rather than, you know, an upstart can get hot and maybe okay, one thing. Okay, Mark, and, okay, Mark Marquis, circa 1999. That's what I, so that, again, I, I, I'm looking at it just as all of these conferences and yeah. in, in our world and in, <laughs> everybody's looking out for themselves and trying to do what's best. As it should be. And, and the way it always <laughs> is. I want mine. Everywhere at all times. What's in all the world. Seen in, uh. Charlie Brown Christmas, all I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is what I deserve. <laughs> so just looking at it, my initial reaction, I mean, how I would feel about a Pac-12 tournament in baseball if I were at Washington State, which, you, you know. Get had, it, that gives you an opportunity. Yeah, and so, and even the Pac-12 tournament in men's basketball gave the Beavers an opportunity to go on a historic run. Just so I know, I know I'm answering yourself. my own question. I know. Yeah. But I'm still telling you, even knowing that and how special and exciting that can be, I'm still not. Uh, right now, I have a uh, some ambivalence towards the whole notion. I'm sure when we, when you, we get down to Scottsdale, oh my gosh, you grow out an event. We're all here. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure it, just more ball games to go well, to. Well, we just have attend. to think about it. The pros and the cons. Right. And I just my initial reaction is a little bit more Janesian in nature. If any of you have an initial reaction, feel free to text us. Todd McKim joins us next hour. We'll run it by him as well as other matters of import. And there are many on 1240 Joe Radio. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. 
I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. If you work for Delta Airlines and decide to stay unvaccinated, you will have to contribute up to $200 a month more for the health insurance you get through the company. The carrier said today that as of November 1st, it will also require unvaccinated workers to take weekly COVID tests and will limit the number of sick days those employees will be allowed to take if they contract the coronavirus. Delta says three quarters of its workforce has already been vaccinated. Stocks are edging higher today. Both the S&P 500 and NASDAQ Composite Index again seeking fresh closing highs. The S&P up 12 points. The NASDAQ ahead by 32, both in record territory. The Dow Industrials up 64. Mazda is launching its first electric car in the U.S. market, the MX-30 EV. And it is likely going to have a tough time with a starting price of $33,500 and only 100 miles of range. The Japanese automaker, which has long been a laggard in the EV market, only launched its first all electric car last year, and it was only for the European market. That's your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, now's the time to get it done, and Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff, Wendy, Robin, and Brian, have years of combined experience and look forward to working with you. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. Or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. With the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report, I'm Michael Barr. The Paralympics have started in Tokyo. During the opening ceremonies, IPC President Andrew Parsons said, if the world has ever labeled you, now is your time to be relabeled. Sports betting kicks off in Arizona on September 9th, and there's a new partnership between a postseason college football game and a gambling enterprise. With college football season just days away, the Fiesta Bowl organization is entering into a multi-year agreement with sports betting company Caesars Entertainment. Caesars will host fan lounges at the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, as well as at the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. It's played at Chase Field in downtown Phoenix. President Joe Biden honored the 2020 WNBA champions Seattle Storm at the White House. He celebrated their success on the court and hailed the four-time title holders for changing lives with their activism. And that's a Bloomberg Business of Sports report. I'm Michael Barr. 
If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-272-1955. That's 1-800-272-1955. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-272-1955. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Hey, Siri. Uh Uh-huh? Take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Coming near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Hit. Yeah. I was Miggy Cabrera, but I saw Votto's first homer. And if you're leaving me early on Friday, you're heading to Central Oregon, Todd McKim country. Is that true, John, as we head into the second hour? Yes, yes. Good I'm for you. thinking of uh, having – well, you know what? It's a good way to introduce uh, yes. young uh, TJ into running this and being a part of it. Absolutely. But – you, no, I'm glad if you're getting a long weekend and going to Bend well, or I'm Central still Oregon, doing the good for you. Show, but um, okay. I'm leaving right afterward. If you say it's okay, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's go to Todd. If Todd's still there, maybe maybe you guys can coffee it up somewhere and break down the alliance and everything else. If Todd's still in Central Oregon, where he joins us today on the Joe Beaver Show, heading towards. A 2021 college football season we're eagerly anticipating. There's a lot to be excited about. But the big picture stuff, Todd, in this eventful offseason, eventful week, I mean, there's a lot going on. I hope you're enjoying a little time away in Bend. Thanks for taking time for us. How's your week going over in Central Oregon? Well, it's going pretty good. There's a little bit of smoke over here, but nothing like it was maybe two weeks ago. So, all in all, uh, things are pretty good. Todd, did you tell me? I mean, are you, uh, are you are you and Karen? Do you have a purchasing in the process of, or have a second home over there now? Yeah, we're uh, purchasing a vacation home that uh, we believe will eventually be our permanent residence. So, um, already run into a few uh, beavers, a few ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of huskies, so we got like a melting pot over here. <laughs> so you're back to being one of us. You're an Oregonian again, or will be. I'm, I'm, I'm offici- officially be an Oregonian a week from yesterday when I make my um, 
my trip to the DMV, uh, something that I'm not necessarily looking forward to, but has to be done. Good for you, Todd. Congratulations on that. That's exciting. That uh, means we'll have a place to stay when we venture over to Central Oregon. No, I'm joking. but Anytime. Yeah. No problem, guys. Anytime. Come on over. We'll have some fun. Thank you, Todd. And speaking of fun, I there's a lot of stuff the, that's going on that I want to get your reaction to. But I heard Coy Dang on, Coin Dang on with Jim Rome this pa- about an hour ago. Tremendous young man and guest, one of your top players at Cal and an outside linebacker, but just his sense that I think he's speaking for college football players everywhere. After last year, Todd, and and all that you went through, all that Stanford went through, all that college football went through, Cal's season, which had some bizarre elements to it, even with some restrictions and things that have happened here in our state and probably still in place for the Bay Area, are you sensing that we're tracking a little bit more towards, quote, a normal type of season coming up in 2021. Well, it'll certainly be more normal than last yeah. year, that's for sure. I mean, you know, there's going to be some things that pop up, but it's just the way things are these days. But, you know, wearing the masks and vaccines and this, that, and the other. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to being back on the sideline instead of being in a three-man booth at Memorial Stadium for home and road games, mm-hmm. calling games off monitors for football and basketball. I mean, that was not the easiest process by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, looking forward to being on the sidelines and and then maybe dodging some players and uh, hearing a band play and all mm-hmm. that good stuff that comes with college football. A year ago, you, there was even it was even worse where you were. The the county was shutting down basically, and Stanford players had to stay out of the the county and and do all of that. That's all cleaned up. We haven't really heard anything from your neck of the woods, so I assume that uh, things are back to normal as much as they can be. Yeah, as as much as can be. I talked to our athletic director yesterday for our weekly podcast and. I mean, the only things that will be different will be that um, people are not required but advised to wear masks at the stadium. They do not have to show, unlike Oregon and Oregon State, proof of vaccine. Um, The only time that they will have to, fans will have to wear masks, will be when they're in closed areas. That would be like restrooms. But the concourse area at Memorial Stadium is open-aired. In fact, that's where the players held their meetings last year. Um, so you, you won't have to wear one when you go to the concession stand. But if you go to the restroom or if you're in you know, the club room, the, the confined uh, seating areas like that, you will have to wear a mask. But other than that, um, yeah, pretty much back to what we saw two years ago. We will get a chance to experience life in the beautiful Memorial Stadium when the Beavers travel there on October 30th. Todd, the last two games between Cal and Oregon State have been bitter defeats for the Golden Bears, both there and here last year. I don't know, you know, we'll see what comes up October 30th in Berkeley. But what kind of team do you think Justin Wilcox in year five is sitting on? Just some of the things you've heard from camp, the developments in it, your thoughts about what the trajectory for this season might be for the Golden Bears. Well, I believe the belief is that, once again, they'll be strong defensively. This is as big a football team as I've seen at Cal since I've been working with Cal for now 16 seasons. It's the biggest team now. Does that mean mm-hmm. it's a better team? Who knows? Uh, but it's definitely a bigger team, certainly in the defensive line. It's a much bigger team than we've seen. They're recruiting the last two years. have been, uh, you know, 
in the top echelon, uh, top half certainly of the Pac-12 conference. Not maybe not the top echelon with USC and Oregon, but it, it's been pretty good. And the emphasis has been to get bigger, not only in both the offensive and defensive lines, but also at the wide receiver position. And they've been able to do that. So I think it's going to be a defensive-oriented team, as you would expect from Justin Wilcox, being a defensive-minded guy. Um, the area that they have to get better at, just have to be better at, is offensively. They've got to run the football much better than they have in recent years. And Chase Garbers has got to be more accurate. His receivers have to be more explosive, et cetera, et cetera, offensively, for them to compete for the North Championship. So uh, I think they believe they can. I believe last year I think they felt they were in position maybe to do some of those things. But uh, with the, the COVID shutdown, first of all, and then you know the defensive line not being able to practice Mm-hmm. Uh, entering the first game against UCLA. They didn't practice for two weeks, basically, before the UCLA game. And then for the Oregon State game, they had three offensive linemen had COVID, and they're starting tight end. So they didn't have the offensive line and the tight end for the next two games. That was Oregon State and Stanford. And then they finally had all their guys healthy and ready to go, and they beat Oregon in the yeah. final game. So right. I think they thought last year was maybe the year they would get over the hump. Uh, this year, I believe the schedule is more difficult, certainly – in the North Division, the road games uh, take on different meeting with at Washington, at Oregon, at Stanford, uh, non-conference game at TCU. So I think the schedule is a little bit more difficult in that regard. But I think this is a team that does have potential to be a, a better team and more representative of what the, the program really is than it was a year ago. Todd, the loss to the Beavers in Corvallis, Punt and kickoff returns, big ones wiped out by penalties. A block punt sets up Oregon State's winning touchdown. There were special teams breakdowns in the previous loss. Do you think that was all a function of the lack of cohesiveness in practice time? Was there a price to be paid? I haven't followed that closely enough to know whether Justin looked at that from who, you know, the coaching standpoint. Those were tough losses that it could really be laid at the feet of some special teams breakdowns in both cases. What about where you know, the improvement you hope cleaning some things up in that area comes from? Well, first of all, Mike, you better be able to block on PATs and field goal attempts. Okay, <laughs> right. And if you can't do that, you're not going to win many games, and so that's been a big issue. Spring training camp and every practice I've been to so far, the blocks punt against Oregon State, backup fullback uh, missed assignment. Uh, Oregon State blocks the punt. It's the t- you know eventually mm-hmm. gets the touchdown, wins the, the football game. But you got to look back that you know Jefferson had two long runs in that game as well. True, you know had the first one, first play from scrimmage, you go seventy five yards, kind of set the tone. And then, but the special teams, you have a punt return that's you know called back. You have a kickoff return that's called back that would have been one would have been a score. The other one probably would have been some kind of a score. So. But that's just part of the game. You, you got to be good in all three phases, or, or you're not going to win in this league. And, and the Beavers were much better in that regard in that game. And in the Stanford game, they had an extra point blocked, and at the at the very end, they had a field goal blocked at the end of the first half, or maybe they win that game. I mean, they, they were very close to being a three and one team. But it just shows you that every play is important, and you've got to be prepared. You've got to have the right players in there. But Justin will tell you it's coaching, and and obviously some of that is. But at the same time, you know, players have to perform as well. So, anyway, that, that, that's the beauty. That's the fun of athletics is you, you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to make the big play and at what time of a game. So, I'm looking forward to all those scenarios this year. Yeah, last thing on this, uh, for me, anyway, I, I, um, I never like to go with le- uh, respect or lack of respect. That, that's a fan thing. I, I don't care about it. You earn what you've got. But you look at this. Beavers beat Cal. 
Cal has no players on either uh, uh, first or second team all Pac-12 conference preseason. They have a bunch of honorable mentions. And last year's game and a few things. So my question really to you is, is there enough coming back that would merit them to once again, and it seems like they're always, you know, kind of pick to finish above Oregon State, in this case, third in the division? Well, I think when you look at the roster, well, first of all, Awards is, is, you know, the victors uh, get the spoils of war, right? So when you win, you're going to have people named to your all-conference teams, your all-American teams. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is, and justifiably so. They've earned that. But do they have enough coming back? Yeah, I would say they do. I mean, defensively, you know, Cameron Good is an outstanding outside linebacker. He's one of the best in the league. But this is also a really good year for linebackers in our league, and you've got a couple of them up there at Oregon State. Some really good inside mm-hmm. backers um, that, that have performed very well. One, one now in his second year, and the other one's a veteran. So there's a lot of good linebackers. So Cameron Good, even though he had nine sacks two years ago, didn't have the year that he wanted last year in a four-game season, he's a really good player. I mean, he's got NFL potential. Coy Dang, who you alluded to earlier, Mike, he's a really good player. Now he's switching positions. He goes from inside to outside mm-hmm. to take advantage of his line. He's, he's a good player. Um, defensively, They've got some young people that nobody's seen so far. So until they play, until they perform, you just don't know. So I think they do have enough coming back. And as I mentioned, the infusion of these last two recruiting classes, I think gives them a chance to compete with anybody in the league. Todd, we're going to take a very quick break, if that's okay with you, and then come back and talk some big-picture stuff, your reaction to news of an alliance and and the nil world and all of that. Just some quick thoughts from you. Can you hang with us for just a couple of minutes, and then we'll wrap it up on the other side? Please say yes, that's okay with you. Of course I will. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll come back with our good friend Todd McKim after a quick timeout. Lauren Sinicola. The first-year Oregon State women's soccer coach joins us at about 12.30. So we need to take care of some business here, and we'll come back with Todd next on 12.40 Joe Radio. Hi, this is Dave from Tumwater. UBC Press has just published my new book, Captain Cook Rediscovered, Voyaging to the Icy Latitudes. In Captain Cook Rediscovered, you'll meet a polar explorer and pioneering sea ice scientist, not just the tropical navigator. You'll also read about Cook's sail along the Oregon coast in 1778, searching for the Northwest Passage. Order Captain Cook Rediscovered from ubcpress.ca or amazon.com. Go Beavs! See the full line of Yamaha YXZ1000R Pure Sports Side-by-Sides at Power Motorsports today. The Yamaha YXZ1000R Pure Sports Side-by-Side is equally at home providing high-performance adventures in open deserts or on tight technical trails. Check it out at Power Motorsports, online at powermotorsports.com. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Models shown with optional accessories. Vehicle specifications subject to change. Support local at Angry Beaver Grill. Be sure to try Angry Beaver's 8-ounce or jumbo-sized 12-ounce chicken fried steak dinner served with country gravy and mashed potatoes. And don't miss the popular Friday prime rib dinner special. Reserve Angry Beaver's upstairs party and arcade room for birthdays or events. Great for families. Also check out Angry Beaver's remodeled lottery game room. Both dine-in and outdoor seating available. Open Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 10 and weekends beginning at noon on Saturday and 9.30 on Sundays for breakfast. Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. 
The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon. Serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show with uh, one of the voices of California Golden Bears broadcast, our good friend Todd McKim, joining us from Bend. Last few minutes, Todd, thanks for hanging on with us. We have a new women's soccer coach. We will welcome to the show for the first time. The Beavers off to a 2-0 start at home Friday at Lorenz Field to try to get to 3-0. Todd, I don't know how much, you know, if you're vacationing, spending some time there in Central Oregon, how much you keep your phone on or follow things. So I, I don't know how much you are prepared to react to the, the alliance press conference yesterday, ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12, but you know enough about it, I'm sure, by now. Do you have a, an initial kind of gut-level reaction to that news? Yeah, I've been playing, I've been paying attention to that. I mean, even though we're, we're moving some things into a vacation home, I, it's been, you know, work for the last three weeks, and I've been to you know, seven or eight practices down okay. in Cal. So I, I've been to with that. I talked with our AD about it yesterday, and um to me, the alliance, despite some of the verbiage that does accentuate the positives vis-a-vis academics, et cetera, I mean, to me, this is just shot across the bow to the SEC boat. I mean, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. This never would have happened if Oklahoma and Texas had not jumped the SEC. Mm-hmm. So despite some of the wordage and what they're trying to tell us, I mean, this is all about you know trying to be – on an equal footing or maybe even be a little bit ahead of the SEC in some regards. So I think it's awesome. I just think it's great. I love the controversy, this whole thing. It just, you know, it makes college football even more interesting to me and uh, more exciting. So I will be fascinated by what's going to transpire in the course of the next couple of years. Uh, I think Oklahoma and Texas will be in the SEC sooner than later. I think this is going to move pretty quickly. Um, I really want to see how it affects the other three conferences. Well, first of all, the Big 12, it's a see you later, sayonara. They're, they're pretty much gone. And I don't see the Pac-12 incorporating any of those former Big 12 teams into the Pac-12 conference. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see where anybody brings any value uh, to the Pac-12 conference. Now, if you've got a consortium of three different conferences, ACC, Big 10, and the Pac-12, you pretty much just covered the, the entire country. And in the process... You just gobbled up, you know, the largest markets, sports markets in the country with New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco. So from a TV and media rights standpoint, you know, if they kind of pool together a little bit, I don't think it'll be a, a total, you know, that will become one conference thing. I don't think that'll happen right now. But if you pull that together with some cross-pollination vis-a-vis non-conference games in football, basketball, etc., I think you got a pretty powerful entity. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what the next move is by either the SEC or how the, the, the alliance moves forward as well. And so um, it didn't take long. You know, a new commissioner came in, and he's, he already said at media day everything that's going to be decided upon by our conference is going to be centered around what is best for football. And so this is certainly the first step in that direction. So with one, with one maybe caveat to all of that, what happens to a, a program like Oklahoma State? 
Well, welcome to the AAC conference. Mm. Or, you know, they're going to merge with some of those other ones. And quite frankly, the SEC may reach out and they may try to gobble up a Cincinnati and they may try to gobble up a Houston. I mean, this is not done. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're Oklahoma State, if you're Iowa State, if you're Baylor and you're Texas Tech, you got to be a little, little worried right now. Yeah. Todd McKim joining us for a few more minutes. Yesterday's alliance did did seem for me, Todd, to allay some concerns that I had upon hearing the news of the Super Conference with the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma and beginning to read columns about, well, will other conferences now reach out to Pac-12 entities and the names that were usually mentioned were USC, Oregon, and Washington as the attractive you know, properties within those conferences that other conferences might want to raid. And if I thought, well, if there's truth in that, where does that leave us? Where does it leave you? Where does it leave Washington State, et cetera? Did you have any initial concerns along those lines? And if you did, is this talk of an alliance now between the three power fives, does that sort of dismiss any of those types of concerns? I think it does a little bit, Mike. Uh, when this, when the SEC ex- first expanded with Oklahoma and Texas, my first concern was, uh-oh, I mean, here we go. Mm-hmm. And the schools that, from a financial standpoint and a prestige standpoint uh, of, with football, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Washington, Oregon, you know, USC, UCLA, they would probably go together. I mean, I, I did initially think that that could fracture mm-hmm. what is currently the Pac-12 conference. Uh, but if they can tie in with you know, the, the Big Ten uh, from an academic standpoint, I think that helps, certainly helps Cal and Stanford. Um, but my initial concern was what's going to happen to Washington State? What's going to happen to Oregon State? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's going to happen to, you know, Arizona, Arizona State? I, I just, I had some concern about that. But I, I feel a little bit better that they're all going to stay together at this point in time. It still could change. You never know. Uh, but does USC really want to go back to Oxford and play football games there? Does Oregon, I mean, do they really want to go? To you know, Little Rock, Arkansas. They want to travel so much. I just don't think so. And if you do it as a conference, I mean, that's all the non-revenue sports. They got to travel as well, and that just does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, not only that, teams like Penn State, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, even USC uh, or Oregon, they don't want to give up home games because they're such big money deals. And if they're in some kind of agreement where you got to go to every every team in the conference, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and the other thing that you have to consider is that, you know, in a couple of years, uh, CBS loses the rights to SEC football, uh, which they've had for quite some time. That all goes to ABC, ESPN, you know, Disney, basically. So, you know, what will CBS do? Uh, Will NBC look to expand their package other than Notre Dame? Uh, Fox, what do they do? Mm -hmm. They've already got a footprint in the the Big Ten. I mean, basically, Fox and, and the Big Ten are part and parcel, right? Fox is part ownership, I think, of the, the Big Ten Network, and they've had uh, interest, obviously, in the, the, the Pac-12 conference with multiple channels, and they had an interest in the Big 12 as well. They didn't have an, a, a, a footprint with the SEC. So what happens when these TV contracts start rolling around and then streaming? You know, does Amazon, does somebody like that mm-hmm. get involved? So there's a lot to be determined. There's a lot of money to be put on the line as well. So, um I don't know that we're settled right now, but at least we've got a little bit of an idea what the direction is. And the other thing is, I mean, is this going to be like the NFL with the AFL and and the NFL where the SEC is going to be its own league? They're going to have their own championship and crown themselves the national championships, and the other three will have their own championship with the AFL, NFL. I mean, is it going to be like that? 
I doubt it, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I've seen something along those lines that the SEC would go to, you know, divisions, four divisions, and have their own little playoff, and then they would be the winner of, in your analogy, the NFL, and then the the Alliance <laughs> champion would play in the AFL. And there might be a merger someday. Anyway, a quick oh, la- last thing, Todd, and that is in your world has nil made much of an impact, or has it been closer to nil? I mean, what are you seeing in Berkeley? <laughs> in IHL? Yeah, that's probably <laughs> what it's been. Um, there have been a couple of, uh, half, maybe a dozen guys on the Cal campus and women that have looked at, at this NIL. It's just so early in the stages that nobody has you know, struck it big. Uh, there have been a couple of people around the country. Obviously, the, the starting quarterback at Alabama, who has yet to actually start a game, Got a big deal, and, and Thibodeau at Oregon got got the big deal going. And but at Cal, I talked to Chase Garbers the other day. He's got two things going. I have no idea the monetary value. One is it's with a protein company, and the other one was a, a company that produces dress shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was talking to him. He was still in his sweats. He says, "Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in sweats, but I'm out of, when I'm out of my sweats, I like to look good." <laughs> and that's, that's right. pretty typical of guys that grew up in Newport Beach, yes. right? Um, I want to look good, so he's got something going with a dress shirt company, and I assume it's more of merchandise mm-hmm. than it is of monetary value. Okay. Interesting times, aren't they? I mean, these are interesting times. Yep. For now, I mean, I don't know how it's all going to shake out in these years ahead, but it's it's an exciting time, Todd. I look forward, as always, to seeing you. This time it'll be in Berkeley. Hope that it's all still on track and on schedule and that we'll be making the trip down there on October 30th. In the meantime, we'll... Stay in touch with you and uh, hope to visit with you often as we do throughout the course of our Joe Beaver show run. Thanks for taking time for us today, Todd. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Todd McKim joining us from Bend. When we come back, Lauren Senecola, first-year head women's soccer coach at Oregon State. Her team is off to a 2-0 start with a match Friday at uh, Lorenz Field trying to get to 3-0, playing Idaho at 3 o'clock on Friday, then heading off to Albuquerque. We'll meet Coach Sinicola next on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Temper Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. 
Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. On the Joe Beaver Show, Mike Parker and John Warren bring you the best interviews. Harry Baker, it's a pleasure to have you on the Joe Beaver Show. Sidney Weiss joins us. Head basketball coach Wayne Tinkle. Happy to be joined by Harold Reynolds. Johnny Hecker joining us. With Isaac Sayamalo, kind enough with the Super Bowl coming Sunday to join us. An honor to welcome Luke Walton. Coach Zaleski, thanks for taking time for us. A joy to welcome Caden Grenier to the Joe Beaver Show. Let's give Greg Laybourne a round of applause for one of the great plays in Oregon State football history, and he's here in person. Bill Walton joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Tim Ewis, our guest. Adley Rutschman joins us. One of the newest members of the OSU Athletics Hall of Fame. Ernell Durden. Alexis Cerna joining us. Michael Conforto joining us. A good friend to Oregon State. Sabi Piscatelli. Matt Moore joining us. We bring Nate Yeski on. Legendary Dick Fosbury. Kind enough to join us. Just landing in Mexico City. Yeah, happy to be on the Joe Beaver Show. The Joe Beaver Show. Weekdays, noon to 2 on 1240 Joe Radio. One of the better promos ever put together. Josh did a nice job with that one. And to, to hear Dick Fosbury close it and Dick himself, a gold medal winner, saying, yeah. nice to be on the Joe Beaver Show. That's a good moment. Now we need to get Jade Carey. Yeah, we need. Yeah, we hope to have the honor of visiting with Jade at uh, some point. And our next guest, this will be the first time we've had an opportunity to visit with the new women's soccer coach at Oregon State and Lauren Sinicola, whose team is off to a 2-0 start playing Idaho Friday at 3, looking to go to 3-0 and before heading to Breaking Bad Country, no, to heading to uh, Albuquerque in a match <laughs> against New Mexico filled with the images of the TV shows. Albuquerque has more going for it than just... The city of Breaking Bad. There's a lot of good stuff in the land of enchantment. The Beavers hope to go 3-0 and against Idaho. And it's a pleasure to welcome Lauren Sinicola, the new head coach for the Beavers, to the Joe Beaver Show for the first time. Coach, good afternoon. How are you today? And welcome to Corvallis. Oh, good afternoon. I'm doing well, and it's, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you. And, and I know you're welcome. You know, you, you, the announcement about your hiring was in early July. So when we say welcome to you here in late August, this is our first time to interact with you on the show. But how has the transition gone, Lauren? Tell us a little bit about the opportunity that came your way after spending the last three seasons at Notre Dame and how this opportunity came about, how excited you are to take this position. Yeah, no, um, well, my brother actually lives in Portland, so he's been out here for mm, 13, maybe 14 years, and when uh, I had the opportunity when this job opened up, there was already an immediate uh, excitement from me just with the idea to possibly get close to my brother being away from from him for so long, so that was one thing that initially drew me to the opportunity, but also, you know, being in the Pac-12 and competing at in one of the, or if not the strongest conferences in the country, uh, and, and leading a program and being a head coach again, it was it all very much so excited me, and I loved my experience at Notre Dame, and I'm a Midwest girl through and through, so I was comfortable there, but having an opportunity to kind of stretch myself and challenge myself and take over a program in the Pac-12 that I truly believe in, uh, you know, not only was I excited, but my wife as well was really excited to kind of 
have a new adventure, a new chapter in our lives. Just from a living standpoint, how do you like it so far? I love it. It is beautiful out here. Uh, when I was going through the process, I'll be really blunt with you. I didn't really know much about Oregon State, <laughs> and I've never been to Corvallis. So when they flew my wife Amy and I out for our interview or my interview, it was the first time I stepped foot on campus and the first time I was in Corvallis. And it's gorgeous. It's it's beautiful here. It's it's consistent, which is really nice. Maybe different from the Midwest. You might. You know, rain, maybe snow, maybe sun, maybe not. It's just not really sure what you're getting. Uh, but here, it's, I think I've had one cloudy day so far, which is still beautiful. And uh, I just have really, really loved not only the area, but the people that are out here as well. Lauren Sinicola joining us. Coach, I, I hate to tell you, that may change a little bit with respect to the clouds at some point. <laughs> They are coming. They are coming. But I know, I know. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> Lauren, your team, I want to get, before we get to your team, a little bit more on your own story. You, you describe yourself as a Midwest person, a native of Rochester, Michigan. You went to Michigan State, an all-Big Ten player there, bachelor's and master's degrees from Michigan State. Did you always have an eye in all of that? To coaching, I mean, when you went as a player to Michigan State, were you thinking at some point about uh, heading into the coaching world? Yeah, to be really honest with you, no. I I loved soccer, and I wanted to pursue the the possibility of a professional career as a player. Mm-hmm. And then um, during my time at Michigan State, I actually blew my knee out my senior year, so I kind of stuck around there. I fin- It was early in the season, but it was too late to redshirt. And while I was going through school and haven't started my master's program yet, uh, the, the staff at Michigan State asked me to stay on and be the volunteer coach to possibly rehab my knee, you know, train with the team, get a taste of the coaching world. But in all reality, it was to train and prepare to possibly get a tryout and, and go pro. And then while I was doing that, I fell in love with the coaching aspect of it. Uh, you know, my body, I, I, I did not go professional, and I'm, I'm, I will admit it, I just wasn't at that level, and uh, coaching really took the priority for me as I just fell in love with it, and it was a way that I could stay involved with the sport, and that's how I got into it. And having those two years of being a volunteer coach at Michigan State, I really learned to find out that I could impact lives the way that my coaches impact my life, and to be able to do that with collegiate athletes um, I think that age of our lives when you're when you're in college, that's that's when you do learn. You learn who you are. You're challenged in different ways that you've never maybe experienced beforehand. And my coaches had a, a large impact in my life. So those two years really opened my eyes to my ability to do that for other people. And that's when I really figured out that I wanted coaching to be my life. Mm. Will your relationship with the places you've coached at, especially Notre Dame, could we see you scheduling some of those teams to come out here and maybe do home and homes? Uh, I mean, I, I would love to. I, I think right now, even obviously with this fall, uh, the, the old staff had made this schedule, and, and there's a couple of years that are still planned going forward. But I think when it comes to the teams in the Midwest, like the Notre Dame, um, I mean, the ACC is talented, and to be able to schedule ACC teams in non-conference, I think, is what, you know, the, that level of competitiveness is what's best for, you know, our success. So being able to possibly get a home-and-home home or things like that is something that I would definitely look into, and I'm excited about 
uh, just right now continuing to focus on, you know, what has already been scheduled um, and moving forward from there. First-year Oregon State women's soccer coach Lauren Sinicola joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. You mentioned the two years as a volunteer at your alma mater, then five seasons at Western Michigan, the last two as the head coach. How valuable were those years in terms of developing an approach and a style and a philosophy? I know every team is probably different, Coach, year in and year out, but do you have some – how valuable were those years to kind of build a a foundational approach to how you coach? Oh, it was extremely valuable. I think I learned a lot about what I can do, what I shouldn't be doing, things that I should change. Um, You know, I think even the three years beforehand as the assistant at Western Michigan – I mean, I was just a young, I mean, I'm not saying I'm old by any means now, but I was young and new to the profession. So I learned a lot in my time in general at Western Michigan. But those two years as a head coach, I learned what I needed as a head coach for me to be successful, Um, you know, who I need to surround myself with, what type of players that I want to bring in that work well under me and I work well with and that can have the right buy-in of what I want to do. And you talk about, you know, building a philosophy and learning more just about how I coach and who I am as a coach and how I communicate and work with the student-athletes. I learned a lot of that when I was the head coach at Western Michigan, which then trickled over into me being assistant at Notre Dame again. I still learned a lot because I think every, like you said, every environment, every team, every player is different. And my ability to adapt and, and change but still stay within my realm was something I learned along the way. And, Coach, what do you make of what's available at Oregon State? You're early here, but during the interview process, you were, you know, conveying, you know, who you were and why you were excited about the opportunity. But getting here, seeing the facilities, having a, a feel for Oregon State's place in the, in the Pac-12 and so on, what do you make of the opportunity ahead, the resources, the commitment to women's soccer here? Yeah, I, I mean – the commitment to women's soccer, I mean, the commitment to all the sports at Oregon mm-hmm. State is phenomenal when it comes to administration and the community and university. And just the commitment to the athletics at Oregon State is something that I truly appreciate. And then more specifically, when it comes to women's soccer, it is. I, I felt very supportive, and I felt that they want us to succeed, and they will help us along the way. It's not just us on the island. They want to help us, and they want to give us the you know, resources and the opportunity to, opportunity to have success. And to do that, you need their support. So that was something that stood out to me right away when I was even going through the interview process. But even more so now that I've been here, you know, everyone's very involved in a very good, beneficial way. You know, they aren't overstepping lines, but they want us to know that they have our backs and they want us to do well, which is great. Uh, and then when you look at just the resources and the facilities and, you know, the university and the community and the people – it's just, it's a great place. Like, I believe we have everything here to be successful. I think one thing that stood out to me, I mean, a couple things stood out to me, but now being here for a chunk of time and being with the players and being in this environment is, you know what, you, you have to find the right fit for, for Oregon State to be successful. You know, I think it is, there's a grittiness here. There's people that want to compete. Maybe there's a little chip on our shoulder, but we, we are grateful for everything that we have here. We aren't asking for more. We, we are passionate about being beavers, and those are the right people that will have success here. And we are, you know, we're genuine in what we're doing, and we understand that 
you know, we don't have to do this. We get to do this. Mm -hmm. And every single one of my players and the people around here understand that, you know, we get to be a part of this university and we get to represent it. And I think that's what really stood out to me now that I've been here for a good chunk of time. A few more minutes with the Oregon State women's soccer head coach Lauren Sinicola, whose team plays Idaho Friday at 3, trying to go to 3-0 and at Paul Lorenz Field at Patrick Wayne Valley Stadium. I believe I've read comments from you and, and from your players that just being able to play before fans and have success, you're off to a 2-0 and start. The atmosphere... What do you sense so far? I don't know how big the crowds have been. They'll grow larger as the season goes in school and then people are back in school and so on. But what about the atmosphere, game day atmosphere at uh, Lorenz Field at uh, Valley Stadium? Yeah, honestly, it's been amazing. It's been uh, – Beaver Nation has definitely showed up for our team and our players. And the on, on opening night on Thursday, it was – it was a riot. I mean, it was great that our, our men's team has always been really consistent of showing up to both the games, and I know they have in the past. And even Seattle's men's team was there because they were playing our men's team the next day. Mm-hmm. So that was just a fun back-and-forth environment between the two men's teams. But uh, there was a lot of staff and their families there. A lot of our players' families were able to make it there. Uh, even students that are on campus, even though schools had started, they were there. I think there was just a sense of excitement that, you know, fans can be there now. Mm-hmm. And we felt that excitement on Thursday night, which was amazing. And then even coming to Sunday, I know we had uh, a couple a couple members of the local club teams were there showing support. More families were there, more staff and their families, more students, our men's team again. It's just really, really supportive and, you know, pleasantly surprised on the people, the amount of people that have showed up for both our games. And finally, you hope to see a lot more again on Friday, 3 o'clock against Idaho. You're off to a 2-0 start. Give us a sense, Coach, of how you've played so far. Uh, Bridget Skiba, a veteran in goal, is off to a good start, a 10th career shutout in your victory uh, to open the season, then a 2-1 win. You beat Seattle 1-0, Fresno State 2-1. Those are the raw numbers of the scores. How are are you playing? Are you pleased with the early results out of the gate, just the way your team is, is playing? Yeah, I'm very pleased. I think what we have been adjusting and changing when it comes to our style of play and where we were on day one to where we are now, I'm very proud of the progress we've made. I think if you were to reflect back on both the games, extremely happy we are 2-0. and um, I think that's just, you know, commenting on the girls uh, and the effort and their commitment to it. And they're the ones doing the work on the field. And I'm, me and the staff are there just, you know, pointing at things. So congratulations to the girls and, and their success and, and being 2-0. and But I think even if you ask them, which is a positive, is though we have the wins, there's still so much more room for growth. And I think right now it's we see really good glimpses, and we're just inconsistent with it. And we have to be more consistent with the good stuff that we're doing where we're seeing more of that and less of the mistakes that honestly do cost us the goals, I think. You know, we've played challenging teams, and they've been talented, and, you know, they have challenged us both in different ways. But I think when it comes down to it, we have to be more consistent, and we have to continue growing in our system of play and, you know, our principles for us to continue to have success moving forward. We look forward to talking about specific players and results other than Bridget, but Maddie uh, Tetz, uh, McKenna Martinez, Helena Brown, Amber Jackson, all off, it seems, to good starts, at least showing up in storylines and assists and, and goals. 
But what about Bridget in terms of taking a program over that has a player of her experience and how valuable she's been to have on your first team at Oregon State? Yeah, no, I think I think you said it right with when it comes to Bridget, when I was even going through the interview process, she was someone that I met. And then when I got the job, she was someone I spoke with. And she she's just a, a solid leader that wants what's best for this team. And she's made it very clear that, you know, she has goals and she has things that she wants to do. But in the end, she knows that this team comes first. And I think in general, our team has that mentality as well, which makes it so easy to come and transition in when you have a group that puts the team first. But Bridget, yeah, she has a lot of experience. She's a vocal leader. She's always wanting to grow, always wanting to learn, always wants to be challenged. Uh, she's never content, um, you know, when things aren't right she, she takes responsibility for it and she she wants to grow from those situations which is great and i think she has made my transition into this program a lot easier just because she's so open and willing to do what's best for this team hmm. coach it's a pleasure to meet you and to visit with you for the first time we hope it's uh, the start uh, i don't know if i can go humphrey bogart to claude rains on the tarmac in casablanca the start of a Louis. I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship, but we hope it's going to be a, a good on on the air and on the seeing you out at uh, Lorenz Field over the years. Uh, we hope to visit with you often in the seasons ahead, and it's a real pleasure to meet you and to have you on the show today. Good luck on Friday, Coach, and thanks for taking time for us. No, thank you so much for having me. This has been great, and I look forward to chatting with you guys again soon. Thanks a lot, thanks, Coach Lauren Sinicola, Our guest will break and come back. Any thoughts about baseball? Uh, the Pac-12 baseball tournament announced officially May 25th through the 29th at the home of the Giants in spring training, Scottsdale Stadium. The top eight teams of the 11 go, so not everybody goes. It's a standard double elimination format. John has dug in a little bit more to the fine print. I haven't seen the release yet. Do you have any reaction to it, one way or the other? Anything else you'd care to share with in our remaining minutes? Open phones and texts, 497-5356-1240, Joe Radio. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. See the full line of Yamaha YXZ1000R Pure Sports Side-by-Sides at Power Motorsports today. The Yamaha YXZ1000R Pure Sports Side-by-Side is equally at home providing high-performance adventures in open deserts or on tight technical trails. Check it out at Power Motorsports, online at powermotorsports.com. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Models shown with optional accessories. Vehicle specifications subject to change. Support local at Angry Beaver Grill. Be sure to try Angry Beaver's 8-ounce or jumbo-sized 12-ounce chicken fried steak dinner served with country gravy and mashed potatoes. And don't miss the popular Friday prime rib dinner special. Reserve Angry Beaver's upstairs party and arcade room for birthdays or events. Great for families. Also check out Angry Beaver's remodeled lottery game room. Both dine-in and outdoor seating available. Open Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 10 and weekends beginning at noon on Saturday and 9.30 on Sundays for breakfast. Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. 
Drum says the area's largest selection of radio control cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. You're getting a hit load as we continue. It's a, a major one. We're hoping, speaking yeah. of a hit load and... The Mariners not going away. No, they're not. I not told fading. you there's a base there. There's a base. Take a little two-game sweep. We talked in May, and I thought, yeah, it's so yeah. early. But it's like, you know, yeah, I kind of got the feeling that they might have enough to right. at least kind of maintain a 500 record over the summer, and they're 11 games over. Aaron Goldsmith is scheduled. We don't have a schedule, but a, a general sort of a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> to Do we share the same philosophy? <laughs> to appear on the show tomorrow to talk a little bit of Mariners baseball. And I'm sure he's observing as he's getting ready to be part of the Fox broadcast team for football mm -hmm, this fall. Mm -hmm. He'll have some observations about the changing landscape. He's a talented young broadcaster, one of the best. Yeah. And he works with the Mariners on a daily basis and really enjoy his work. He, we expect Aaron to join us tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be great. And we've got some other things going on as we close the show down the stretch today. A reminder Tonight, Spirit Mountain Casino, 6.05 to 7. We'll carry it here. Steve Priest, Jim Wilson, Ron Callen, yours truly, a preview show, in-depth preview on Beaver football, and hope that you'll join us and hope that some of you will make the trip up to uh, Grand Ronde and the Spirit Mountain Casino Mountain View Sports Bar tonight. Jeff is on the Downward Dog phone line with Tumwater on deck. Jeff, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good afternoon. Uh, quick upgrade on my... My trek to West Lafayette. I just left the incongruently named town of Beach, North Dakota. <laughs> um, I did did want to make a quick comment about the baseball playoff, and I guess I'll have the same attitude that I had about the basketball playoff: is that I don't like it until we need it to get in. <laughs> and <laughs> right. That's kind of what happened with with basketball. Yes. So it's a good thing, and and but uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm in I'm in agreement. I don't I don't understand the value, but as as they always say, follow the money. I'm sure that's got something to do with it. More games on TV, etc. And um, that's all I got. Have a safe trip. Um, I'm glad you made your way through Beach. North Dakota, <laughs> and uh, hope that you your journey continues safe. Keep us surprised as you go. We appreciate your call, Jeff. Thank you. Oh, you bet. Thank you, guys. Bye. He's on his way to Wrigley, where today Wayne Tinkle threw out the yes, ceremonial uh, first pitch. Yes, I saw a photograph from Glenn. Uh, Glenn, uh, thank you, Glennie, for that. Nick Dashell tweeted about it. Wayne had a nice presence on the bump, 6'10", six, uh, six, on the bump, <laughs> throwing out the first pitch. I'm sure he got a nice round of applause. I don't know if he might have been right in front of the mound, 
But a nice round of applause from a smattering of fans. Oh, it's not a good year well, for the Cubbies. Well, Oakland only had 4,000 the other night oh, against the Mariners. Oh, look, yeah, in the day game, it just sparse <sighs> attendance. And Wrigley with the Cubs struggling, not uh, yeah, not well attended Madrigal, either. Madrigal, they need him. Yeah, no, there's a, there was a nice tweet yesterday of all the Cub, Beaver, former Beavers in Cubs gear now. Somebody yeah. tweeted that yeah. out yesterday. Dave from Tumwater, you get the final word today on the show. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the program. Thanks, gentlemen. Uh, I've been to Beach. That's in Teddy Roosevelt country, just over the North Dakota line from Montana. Great Mexican restaurant there. Hmm. If anyone ever goes okay. to. Okay, thank you. Before I get to the before I get to the tournament, Mike, I just just a quick I want to chime in quick on Scott Barnes' interview. He was working on a gentleman's C in that until he answered the question about the Rose Bowl leverage, and he went all the way to a B plus. That's the only chit these conferences have. They ought, I just repeat again, they mm-hmm. need to maximize that leverage and get what they need on it, out of it, but it was a great interview. I love the idea of a baseball tournament. I've been an advocate for it for a long time. I toyed with the idea, and I mentioned I called in maybe where it ought to be at that nice AAA park at Reno, but, I, but the idea of having it in Scottsdale really has grown on me since I've learned of it. Uh, late this morning, great baseball history. Uh, I mean, the Scott, Scottsdale Phoenix area has as deep a baseball legacy, major, minor college baseball as there is anywhere uh, in the southern tier of this country. So I think that's a good, a good, a good, uh, good mix. And there's this: the Phoenix area, the, the Sun Valley. There are expatriates from all of these areas, all of these schools, Washington. Oregon, California, Colorado, everyone, the season begins there. It can end there. I love the idea. And for why it's necessary, I just have one phrase that's an answer, and the guy who called in from Beach just kind of typified it. 2016. It's a tournament that prevents travesties like 2016 (laughs) from keeping Oregon State out of the tournament. That's the reason to have it, and that's why I've been an enthusiast for the concept ever since. Yeah, and like Jeff said, you, you may look askance at it until you need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll we'll fully embrace it. And I, I think it'll be – no, I, I'm with you. I've just uh, – 30 games is a is – a, that's a big load of games in a conference, and Hank Hager believes – I just texted him – he believes that the 30-game conference schedule is still going to be in play. That's a pretty long regular season, Dave, that I do feel that any sort of – Postseason tournament, after all of that, there's a slight feeling of dilution and what does it all mean, but it can mean something, as we certainly saw in basketball this past year. The more baseball, yeah. the more college baseball in particular, the better. Okay. Mike. That's, That's my bottom line. It's a good way to look at it. Great to hear from you, Dave. Thank you for the call as we wrap things up today on the Joe Beaver Show. Well, interesting times, Doc. Yeah, I there's mean, it, a lot going on. There really is. A lot going on. NIL and this alliance to be this major of a deal right before a season that's back to semi-normalcy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just unlike last year when we had nothing going right. on and no season at this point. Tonight we'll talk 6.05 to 7 quite a bit about beaver football and particulars we've been hitting these big broad stroke stories and haven't been doing uh, nuts and bolts in depth well i saw steve at one practice so he's been there he's got a lot of thoughts as does jim as does ron callen 605 to 7 tonight hope to see you at the mountain view sports bar 
Spirit Mountain Casino, or you hope that you'll tune our way. And we'll be back again tomorrow with, uh, we hope, Aaron Goldsmith and maybe one or two other mystery guests who will enter and sign in, please. As Randy Holmes did today, our thanks to Scott Barnes and to Lauren Sinicola and to Randy Todd McCamp. Thanks to all of you. See you tonight, Spirit Mountain Casino. Okay, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.